Hello everyone and welcome to the Dare to Design podcast with me, Karen Hilsinger, a graphic design student just trying to figure it out. Join me as I learn more about the industry and interview designers of all backgrounds, getting a look into what the life of a graphic designer is really like. In this week's episode, I chat with Kate Smoothie. Kate is a full-time web designer from the UK who has a gift for CEO in optimizing your website. During the era of COVID-19, Kate decided to take the leap and be her own boss and start her own web design studio, WebHive Digital. Kate is so knowledgeable in the field of web design and we chat about everything from her story of moving from agency to freelance, what web design is, the difference between a web designer and a web developer, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy today's episode. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you for having me. So I just want to start off by doing like a quick fire questions, just simple ones for the listeners to get to know you, your name, your age, where you're from, and then what you're currently doing, like as your career, your job, and um, if you were self-taught in design or not. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Shall I just start reeling them off? Yeah, go <laughs> I was for trying it. to remember everything that you said as you were saying it. I was like, oh gosh, I'm going to have to frame something from that. Um, okay, I'll give it a go. Uh, my name's Kate. I'm 29, which feels really, really, really old because I'm almost 30 now, but I'm going to try and move past that. Um, and I'm based in Essex in the UK. Um, I'm a web designer slash SEO strategist, I guess is what you call me. Mm -hmm. I tend to just say that I create pretty websites that convert for female entrepreneurs and that's my jam. Um, Previous experience would be that I've been designing websites since I was 12. So literally forever. It's the only thing I really remember doing consistently. Um, But I have also studied uh, user experience and user interface design at university. Okay, so where did you go to university? Uh, University of the Arts London, which is in South London. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I was I was looking into that because once I studied abroad, I was like, maybe I want to like come here and get a master's in something or I don't know. Yeah, I think they have some really good master's programs, actually. I did my bachelor's there. Um, and to be honest, because I already had uh, sort of design experience and had already been coding and everything like that, for me, it was, if anything, it was kind of to prove to myself and to other people, I suppose. Like, hey, look, mm-hmm. I, yes, I can do this. And I've also got a degree. Um, but I really enjoyed it. And the experience was great. So everyone should go for that reason anyway. Yeah, so going off of that, I want um, you to talk about your story you know, I saw in your bio that you said it went from zero to full-time in three months. Yeah. So if you want to just talk about your story post-grad or how, what your plan was and if it changed, anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so after I left university, I started working in-house at a marketing agency as their web developer. And I did that for about three years and then I left there and I went to work in-house somewhere else. They weren't a marketing agency, but I was the web developer for, uh, they were a travel insurance company. So I handled sort of like the design of their sites. And then COVID hit 
And because it was a travel insurance company, I knew instantly that my job was not going to be there afterwards. We In the UK, we went into lockdown uh, in March and just everything mm-hmm. stopped. So, and I'd been saying for so long that I just wanted to start my own business. I had, when I was at university, I had toyed with having my own business and doing freelance work, but I had no idea what I was doing. So mm-hmm. that very quickly kind of fell off, but I thought actually this really could be something. So when this happened, I just thought, okay, I'm stuck at home. My husband was at home as well. We've got a little boy and he was like, I will look after him if this is what you want to do. So I just went in because I thought, okay, this is my one shot. Like when he goes back to work, I'm not going to have this opportunity again with, especially because all the, all the childcare was closed and everything. And Mm -hmm. So I just went in on it really. And I just started promoting myself everywhere. I created passion projects. I worked for really cheap, which I really wouldn't recommend doing now, but it's just what I did because I thought I need to build up a portfolio. Unfortunately, I did have some portfolio work anyway from previous stuff that I'd done. And yeah, it just, it just happened. Like, obviously there was some strategy there, but if I'm honest, originally I was just winging it. And then as things worked, I was like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this and keep trying this. And then before I knew it, I was just booked up. And then we were in a position where I was saying, okay, well, even if my company did survive, um, like the company I worked for, I wouldn't go back because I have more freedom doing this. I earn more money doing this. I'm actually doing what I want doing this. And yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Like (laughs) (laughs) that's, it's just like with COVID, a lot of people, like, of course it's terrible. And of course it's not what anybody wants, but, um, you made the most of it. I tried to, I tried. (laughs) Maybe everything happens for a reason. I don't know. It's so hard to talk about like a positive thing coming out of, a lockdown? Yes, absolutely it is. But you know, I think a lot of people started their freelance businesses in lockdown mm-hmm. because of a similar reason. Because yeah, I, mean, I did. Exactly, right? Because you're like, I have nothing else to do. Why not? And I also think it makes people think, okay, do you know what? Something major has happened that's completely unexpected. What if the world ended tomorrow? What would I be happy with what I'd done with my life so far? You know, that kind of attitude. Yeah. I think that's probably a lot of it as well for people. Um I think it's going to be a really interesting year for startups and small businesses to see where they go. I think it's quite exciting really, but yeah, obviously it comes off the back of something awful. Yeah. But you know, hopefully it won't be forever. And this could, this whole time could maybe show people that nine to five isn't like a corporate nine to five. That's not the only option. Yeah. Especially for creatives. Yeah, exactly. Well, like people working from home and all that kind of thing, it already shows that you don't need to be in the office as much as what your boss wants you to be. You can technically do it at home. So yeah, even then you can be with your itself, family. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It'd be really interesting to see where things go. Yeah. So before we get any further, um, for those that don't know, can you explain the technical side of web design regarding SEO and strategy and just like what it is? Of course. So SEO is search engine optimization. That basically means that, um, how do I describe that in a nutshell? I was talking to someone about this earlier and I was like, how do you even do like a mini training on SEO or anything? You can't, it's major. Um, But basically a website without SEO means that you're not going to show up 
on search engines. So you might show up if someone types in your business name, but you're not going to show up for any of the stuff you want to show up for. So optimizing your website for search engines means that when someone's looking for your services or your products, in your location or not in your location, you'll come up on Google. And that's, mm -hmm. it's kind of like a part of a long-term marketing strategy in that it takes a lot of time to build up your search engine ranking. It's not something that you can just switch on one day and it works. It takes sort of three to six months to build that up. So it's something you should really start working on straight away. And hopefully the goal is that you'll be number one for your services or your products in your area and that will just generate leads for you. So it means that mm -hmm. social media promotions, word of mouth, everything like that are just nice little things that you've got on top of that constant stream of traffic that you have coming from Google. Um, obviously it's quite hard to describe it in like a short, but yeah. that's kind of it in a nutshell. So I know this is like what people pay you for, but I was yeah. wondering if you could say like how, how would like an average Joe like me, how would I optimize my SEO with like keywords and the metadata? I think I took like yeah. one digital marketing class. So I yeah, kind of have the terms, but that's it. Yeah. Okay. So a uh, real brief overview, because there's a lot to it. There's quite a lot oh, of yeah. technical side stuff, but if we're talking about the most basic form of SEO that most people can do, uh, you carry out some keyword research, which can, which can be done a few different ways, but some of it is common sense. So for example, <laughs> um, like me, I'm, I'm a web designer, so, and I live in Essex. So a common search would be web design in Essex. So you would take that phrase and then you go to your website and you create a page called web design in Essex and you write content on that page that is geared around web design in Essex. Uh, your, the meta tags thing. So the meta title and the meta description they're like mm -hmm. your advertisement on Google. So they're the bit that okay. comes up on the Google search engine. Mm -hmm. So you want to optimize those. And the whole point is, is that you need to keep your keywords in mind the whole time. So you need to don't overuse them, but don't underuse them, mm -hmm. include them in your images, include them in your links, in your headings, everything like that that you can. I'm trying to make this not get too technical, but yeah. No, basically. it makes sense. Okay, cool. I, so yeah, you can, um, I even offer one, I have a free resources library and there's an on-page SEO checklist in there, but you can find loads of stuff like that where it will basically give you a checklist of everywhere you should include your keywords on your page. That's like the most basic form. And if you look at all the websites that show up on Google, uh, they aren't all hiring people like me or doing lots of technical SEO work and they are still showing up. So you don't have to go all in on a huge strategy but depending on your business and depending on your competition if they've gone all in then that's when you yeah. have to take it further so i guess that's a perfect segue into talking about what you offer specifically at your studio i'm not sure if you call it a studio but i see it as a studio from when i was like on your website it's so informative and then Thank just you. your overall presence so if you could talk about just what you offer to yeah people, clients? Yeah, of course. So uh, my main service, I talk a lot about SEO and it tends to be an add-on service to my web design uh, services. So web design, I pretty much do anything and everything. I, um, I specialize in working with female entrepreneurs because my design style is very feminine. Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, and within that, it's kind of whatever their business requirements are. So I do a lot of e-commerce uh, sort of 
other people like me who are in the online space who maybe want to release courses or membership sites or they want websites for their service-based business and then seo tends to be something that i do on top of that so what's quite common is i do a service called seo boost and i do do it as a standalone service but more often than not i find that my web design clients are my biggest uh client for this and yeah. so i will take their website content and i just give it a huge boost of seo so i'll put keywords in there i'll optimize all the content i'll make sure everything behind the scenes is all tied around what their goals are for search engines and then moving on from that particularly for product-based businesses this works really well i offer monthly seo services which range from things like content creation to uh, behind the scenes technical stuff audits spying on their competitors and seeing what they're doing if that's what we need to do for the strategy um sometimes it's as simple as my clients like creating their own content but they want someone to go in and just make sure it's optimized so i even do it like okay all as that all the way up to full content strategy and um, creation so do you have clients where you just do the behind the scenes like they have a website they don't want to change how it looks and you just go in and do the i guess the heart the what's it called the work that nobody really wants to do (laughs) but you enjoy doing it you know yes Yes, so i definitely do so one thing that comes up a lot is uh site site load speed and page load speeds it's a real problem for seo if your site loads in if it's not under three seconds you're less likely to show up on google rankings especially showing up high so i have a lot of people come to me and they have problems with that and a lot of the time that is something that a web designer does have to tackle it's not something that just some you know someone can do on page seo like optimizing for keywords but that is completely different so i do get people come to me with stuff like that i kind of i do that work on a very bespoke basis if i look at their site and i think okay i can make some changes here that will fix it i will but sometimes it's just easier to redesign the whole thing it really depends on where they're at and how bad it is but i do do that kind of thing as well uh but again it's just on a people tend to get in contact with me and say i'm having this problem and i can't figure it out and then i say right okay let me work out how long that's going to take me and how i can do yeah. it for you and we'll do it like that um but yeah so i guess i'm a bit of a one-stop shop for it uh, i find it's quite hard to package up something like that but that is oh, what yeah. i do as well i find this all so interesting because whenever i think of like web design i've only made a website in wix and i'm learning wordpress now but there's just, I went into WordPress for the first time and the dashboard and there was just yeah. so much. And I was like, yeah. Hold, what did I, what did I get myself into? Like, <laughs> but I'm like, no, I'm going to take it day by day. I'm going to not freak out. I'm just going to go day by day and I'll just learn it and it should be fine. And yeah. it's been fine, but yeah, it's just a whole different world of design yeah. really. It is. And I think the thing is with WordPress is it's worth bearing in mind that it's, um it's geared up for people like me and then the average person that wants to set up their website that doesn't have any experience so it has to have both sides but i honestly think it's probably got the steepest learning curve out of all of the website platforms but once you get it you get it and then you have so many more tools at your disposal so i definitely say keep going with it it's definitely the best platform uh it's just the best for however you want your website to scale so i know that i can build someone a website on wordpress and it might just be a one-page website and they can come back to me in a year and say i want to add a shop and i can be like okay no problem we can do that and we can just Mm -hmm. build it out from what we've got already whereas with something like wix you're probably going to have to redo the entire thing and i mean i wouldn't really recommend wix for e-commerce anyway so yeah there's 
it's the best platform as a starting point and to expand. So I want to move into talking about the designing aspect of yeah. what you do. So what is your process for web design? Since I know that's such a different, like the end goal is so different than with, let's say you're doing print collateral or something like that. Yeah. So do you start with drawing out wireframes and planning out pages? I feel like it's a lot of pre-planning of what needs to be in which spot, especially because yeah. then you're allocating the keywords and the optimization to those designs really yeah absolutely so i tend to start out with like a phone call or however however works for my clients some people prefer to do voice notes and messages i'm really not i don't say oh my gosh you've got a book of discovery call with me and do all that stuff i just let people do whatever they're most comfortable doing so we start out with a phone call where we talk about everything that tends to be where we'll flesh out okay how many pages do you want and okay and then where does that take you and that kind of thing and it really depends on the size of the site as to how deep we have to go with that if it's a service-based business and they've just got mainly top level you know like me web design seo contact me etc then that's kind of a no-brainer if it's product-based sometimes we'll move on to create like a document or a spreadsheet that will just have an outline of what links okay. where and what sits under what then I have a questionnaire and a Pinterest board brief where I ask them to do lots of fun stuff like pinning all their favorite designs, stuff they love. Uh, if we're doing branding as well, then that feeds into brand inspiration. Uh, and then from there, I move on to design. Depending on the size of the site depends on if I start with wireframes. More often than not, I do tend to go straight to like a design mock-up for a homepage because I find okay. that if you with websites especially because it can go on quite long if you don't get something visual in front of a client soon they kind of get to the point where they're like oh my god what's this going to look like and yeah. so I like to keep up the the excitement of the project by doing that bit next and then we will once that has been agreed I use that as my basis for the rest of the designs for the other pages so then we can go back to okay and where does this page lead and where does that go and do we need copy for this and that kind of stuff so once we've agreed the design, I move over to WordPress. I do all the rest of the design work in WordPress because like I said, I just find that that one homepage design, once we've agreed it, it tends to inspire whatever the rest of the page is going to look like anyway. Because the whole point for me is that it all mm -hmm. feels like one experience on the same site. Once, um, obviously I'm really, really condensing this down. It's obviously quite a long oh, yeah. process. But once that's all uh, been designed and the client's happy with how it looks, that is typically when I will go in and start doing the SEO work. So I like to get okay. the site completely finished because a lot of the SEO work is done behind the scenes and it doesn't affect the design at all. Typically we'll okay. have worked together on their copy already uh, or they might have hired a copywriter or however that part of the process is going to go. So the SEO stuff comes last and generally when they're already really happy with how their site looks and then I can just go about doing whatever I need to do for SEO without... Um, too many complaints really because <laughs> that is the one thing yeah. about seo is um people don't always love keywords sometimes keywords especially if they're high up on your page <laughs> can make something really pretty and simple not look so pretty and simple so i do tend to like to get the design agreed i suppose what helps is that when i'm designing i know we're going to optimize for seo so i design mm -hmm. with that in mind so i'm like okay we need a big headline here that's going to have four or five words in it or whatever uh but yeah that's kind of a messy way of describing the process yeah. really but it's long so it's yeah 
Where do you design your mock-ups? So I use Illustrator or XD. I'm kind of like going in between the two at the moment. Illustrator mm-hmm. is like my baby. A long, long time ago, I used to do them in Photoshop. So a natural graduation point of that was to go to Illustrator. And because I use Illustrator for so much, sometimes I'm just like, oh, I've got it open. I'm just going to do it in there. But I do yeah. like the XD has the option for people to like comment within it and stuff. So I'm kind of like, oh, okay. depending on how technical minded my clients are and how much they'd be receptive to that, depends on if I use it or not. So can you upload like the Illustrator or XD into WordPress or do you just like copy what you did there within WordPress? So I literally, I'll have that up on one screen and then I open WordPress in the other and then I just build it on WordPress with that as my visual. So I'll, okay. the good thing about starting with the homepage is then I will do the entire homepage and then because of the way I've built it, it means that some of those elements will like the header and the footer some of the grid stuff I might have set up that will carry over to the other pages. And then I can just shape those pages around the foundation from the homepage. No. Yeah. That all makes sense. I hope like, so. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get, least... like, get too technical and people be like, I just have no idea what she's even talking about now. <laughs> I mean, no, it makes sense to me. And I definitely wanted to have the technical side to it because I think a lot of people going into it or people that are looking to hire a web designer developer those are two different things but when they're going to hire someone for that service I don't think they realize how much really goes into it yeah like once you see the end product like oh this is a great like and people think they can do it themselves and I'm like but you don't you need to think of it as like like a book and you're trying to have to do the pre-writing and the rough draft then the final and it's like you can't just start and go full speed there's yeah, so much like to when it. People say they want a logo and they're like, I need a logo and I need it tomorrow. And you're like, no, <laughs> that's uh, never going to happen. <laughs> that's me right now. People yeah. keep on, they're like, so I have a budget of $50. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't do that for you. I um, know. And I think I run pretty cheap too, but you know what? To each his own. This is another reason why I wanted to beef up my website is because. Well, I'm actually, the website I have now is for school. Like they want us to make a portfolio. So it's just like myname.com. Yeah. But because my first name is Karen, I think I spoke about this on an episode before. I can't, whenever you search Karen, you get like, oh, yeah. you're a Karen or yeah. stuff like that. So I just was like, you know what? I don't mind my name, but I don't want to be associated with that. So I looked, I found another name, um, took me like a week of just like, scrolling on Pinterest, reading books, yeah. looking at different things. Um, and then we were in the pool with my sister and she came up with a all is well design. Like, you know, it's just, everything's fine. Yeah. Cause she's like, you have a very clean, very streamlined, Yeah, but it's also fun and organic. And I was like, you know what? I really like that. So yeah. I'm in the process of, you know, planning out the site. Yeah. So from what you said, I was like so worried about SEO. I'm like, how am I going to get started? I don't know anything. And then I'm like, no, I'll design it first. I wouldn't even worry about it. Yeah. I really okay. I mean, ideally, I always say to people with SEO, you should get started like yesterday because of the amount yeah. of time it takes. But mm-hmm. you don't, the only thing you need to worry about when it comes to designing your site and SEO is making sure you've got the content, like you've got space for content and 
keeping an eye on the load speed of your site as you're building stuff into it, especially with WordPress, because it's tempting to just put loads of plugins on for loads of features and they will slow down your site. So they're the two main things you need to be mindful of if you're not quite there with SEO yet, but you want to, you want to be in the future. No, yeah, that definitely, this whole conversation is just helping me and I know it will help others too, because like I'm not launching the business yet. I'm still in school, so I don't want to launch it without having the time for it because then that's just not fair to me. It's not fair to the clients. So I'm hoping, you know, once Thanksgiving here, that's end of November, once that rolls around because my university is ending before that due to COVID. So I'll have the entire month of December to just like devote to my website and devote to building my presence. So I like, I want to make sure I do everything ahead of time. Like you said, I want to make sure I do SEO yesterday. Yeah. For the future. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. No, and it actually doing SEO work is 100% future proofing your site because it's like, you know, if you're just promoting your site on social media, it's only going to get you so far. It's only going to do well while you're promoting it. And the idea mm-hmm. is that SEO is work that you can do and it's not a one-time thing. That's why you should definitely have a blog or something so that you can keep your content fresh. But once you've put in the hard work and those pages gain some authority and some traction, as long as you're keeping your overall website fresh with blog posts or whatever, that will all continue to drive up the Google search rankings. Speaking of blogs, I wanted to talk to you about your blog because I was looking at it and I'm like, wow, this is like, she should be charging for this. Like there's so <laughs> much information. And then <laughs> along along with your Instagram reels, I was just like, she knows so much. Like, and this is all free. <laughs> I I must admit, I do tend to like just throw myself into like almost vomiting information all over people. I think I just get I get a lot of people ask me questions and I find that the more that they ask, the more I just think, oh my gosh, I could could just teach this to everybody rather than answering this one person. Mm. And I am working on some, like some challenges and some courses and things that I think I could do that would be really helpful. But I'm also big on, I learn pretty much everything that I know and do for free. So whilst I think there's definitely value in packaging up what you do, like I do and selling it as a service or courses, I also think there's something to be said for sharing free information and, you know. No, yeah. I mean, I know I've spoken to a few other people and they're like, I started my business with YouTube and I just YouTubed everything. I Googled everything and that's how I'm here. But like you have so much like authority, I guess, under your, like under your platform. It's like you could tell that since she's posting this information, like she knows what she's talking about. And it's different than like some people that, you know, they post like, oh, here's the logo I did or here's this or whatever. It's like, great, you show your work, but you have the backing of like the education and you can show that. And I think that's also good because then clients look at you and they're like, oh no, yeah, she knows what she's talking about. Like she's not afraid to talk about it because some people kind of hide behind their work. Yeah, I do do think you can definitely find that. I, yeah, I just... I don't know. For me, it's all <laughs> content. It kind of gets my name out there. I like the idea of helping people. I do find I have a lot of people um, following me who want to do what I do. 
Uh, and again, I like that because I think, okay, well, everyone's got to start somewhere. I didn't have that when I was getting into web design. And I think it would have been great if I, if I had certain people that I felt I could lean on and, and what have you. So yeah, I guess I'm, I suppose because the business is like, I'm happy with where it's at. I'm also happy to provide the free information. If I wasn't getting any clients, yeah. I'd probably be kind of like, mm, hold on a minute. But I definitely have had clients say, oh, you know, quite a few people got in contact with me. But when I went on your Instagram or when I went on your site, you were a person and people were talking to you and you were engaging with people and you were talking about stuff that you knew. And so I, I definitely think in the, in the overall grand scheme of things, it helps. Yeah. So regarding your client, like your clients and how you help them through the process, because like they don't, most of the time I would assume they don't know really anything about web design. They just know they need a website. Yeah. So how do you go about like, I guess, educating them without it being too salesy, I guess, because at the end of the day, you are making money from your services, but you still yeah. want them to be comfortable with their spending, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So I typically I approach conversations with clients pretty much exactly like I've approached this conversation. Okay. I don't really have any like sales tactics. I talk about lead generation strategy uh, because I do definitely have that. But once I get talking one-on-one -on -one to clients, there isn't anything that I have in my head where I think, oh my God, I need to mention this or I need to upsell this or what have you. I, the conversation mm -hmm. is really organic. And awesome. in terms of guidance, the only, I, I tend to wait for them to ask me what they want to know. So for example, okay. I might say, okay, and what's the content going to look like on that page? And they'll be like, oh, uh, okay, how do I know? And I'm like, okay, then we need to get a copywriter. And it kind of, it works like okay. that very organically where I'm just like, what do you need? Tell me what you know. Tell me where you're at. Let's talk about what I think you need. But yeah, it's like a conversation like you're talking to a friend, to be honest, because I used to work for, a, uh, when I worked for a marketing agency in-house, and the director was so salesy and she was all like mm. everyone in the office used to sit there smirking because she used to be lying to people on the phone about the services that she could offer. And especially when it came to what I did, she used to say I was going to do stuff. And in my mind, I'd be like, oh my God, why is she telling that person I'm going to build that for them? I don't know how or whatever. <laughs> and it just made me think I don't want to be that person. So if people mm -hmm. ask me for stuff and I don't know how to do it, I'm honest. And I'm like, okay, I don't know, but I bet you I can figure it out. So give me some time and I'll come back to you about it um yeah I just try and be transparent and friendly That's no yeah and I I, I get that vibe from you a hundred percent like this conversation <laughs> is going so smoothly and another thing I think is good is that you don't want to overload the clients yeah. with so much information so I guess yeah. waiting for them to ask the questions is like okay well that's really what they that's all they need to know if that's yeah. what they're asking like they don't need to know everything because then they're just going to get confused and it's going to make the process get prolonged or more revisions or whatever yeah. I guess yeah and I think the more you do it the more you learn the things that come up along the way so you know to better prepare for them so I know the questions to ask a bit more um and just generally how to preempt some stuff but yeah typically it's very, very rare that I will jump on a phone call with someone as my first bit of communication with them. And by the end of it, I'm like, okay, pay me a deposit. What tends to happen is we talk back and forth for a while. We have a phone call to flesh it all out. Then we might talk again. 
And then we'll be like, okay, I feel like we've got everything we need. Let's go ahead with this, which is nice because again, it feels more organic. It doesn't feel like I've forced them into the sale. I don't want anyone to ever have buyer's regret, like where they've like paid a deposit and then immediately Mm -hmm. they're like, oh God, what have I done? So yeah, I just kind of try and make the whole experience as seamless as possible for them. So they're happy at the end. Okay. So Moving on, I want if you have any your favorite platforms that you use for client management, contracts, payments, because I've spoken to people who do like strictly branding and print work, but yeah. with web, it's totally different. So I've actually just switched over to Dubsado. I don't really know how you'd say mm-hmm. that. I've never said that out loud, but I just switched over to them because before that I was using ClickUp, which I love, absolutely love ClickUp, but they don't offer the invoicing type stuff that I needed. So I was manually invoicing everyone. And I found that with Dubsado, I could just load a client on, put all their tasks into the calendar, schedule their invoices for when they need to be scheduled and just kind of tick a box when that's ready to be sent. So my projects typically work on a deposit and then final balance. But then I also have my monthly clients who have ongoing SEO work or website maintenance work. And for them, it's great because the more clients I'm getting, the majority of them want to sign on on some sort of monthly retainer. And it meant that every month I was having to sit there and manually do these invoices. So Dubsado has been great for that. I also like the fact that you can do a time tracker thing on there. I guess, I don't know whether you'd necessarily need that in what you do, but sometimes I have clients who, who maybe want me to do like an hour's worth of work for them a month. So that's good for keeping track of that. Um, yeah. Other than that, I also moved my emails over because I was like old school using like the Apple mail app thing and I moved them over to G suite. And now I'm like, that's a game changer too. Cause now my Google drive and my emails sync up and yeah. So they're probably my two favorite sort of tools for business management okay and what about do you have any recommendations for resources of people who want to venture into web design any books or programs classes anything like that um to be honest it was so long ago now when i learned it that probably none of the stuff would be okay. relevant but there is a podcast called the josh hall design show and i know that he does a lot of stuff for people that are looking to get into web development. Uh, I found his stuff really interesting uh, from my point of view because he talks about like passive income streams as a web designer and things like that. But I know he talks a lot about getting into web design as well and in ways that you don't necessarily have to code and the sorts of stuff that slow people down. So I definitely recommend that as as somewhere, as like a resource. Okay, and we're coming to the end of this episode. So do you have any advice for anyone that is looking into, you know, maybe being in the position where you are now of having their own company, basically? So I think the thing about being transparent with clients, I think really is really overlooked. I think people often want to look really, really professional all the time and like, yes, I can do all of that for you. Just give me your money kind of attitude. But actually, I think there's a lot to be said for just being yourself and being down to earth and being relatable because I work with other women and particularly with what I do, they get mansplained stuff so much by male web designers that by the time I come along, I think they're just so happy to sit and have a coffee and a chat with someone and it not be like, oh, websites are so technical. Like, oh, you're not going to get it. Like all being all vague about stuff. Um, I just try and think of that as much as I can without, without overwhelming them. But also I just think there's something in, 
a woman talking to another woman and being honest and transparent about stuff they're kind of already rooting for you anyway so oh, that yeah. kind of, I do think that makes that easier but obviously that's only when they're your target audience when you're working with mm-hmm. men as well I've definitely had that in the past where it has the opposite effect but it is what yeah it is. I didn't even think about the mansplaining thing yeah wow. I get that a lot from people they're like oh my gosh it's just so nice to and all like that their web designers make them feel like they're annoying them or they're irritating or whatever it's just a lot of people are like it's just nice to talk to someone who wants to talk about their kid and then wants to talk about their website and you know <laughs> like just to be a little bit more friendly I know I like to think I'm friends with all my clients I've, I know their kids names and what they've got up to at the weekend and stuff like that it's nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's probably a bit so- more time but I think my customer satisfaction rate is probably higher so oh yeah and you're probably happier too knowing that like you are building actual relationships with these people and it's not just like okay we'll we'll shake on it and here's here's the money and then you do this it's just like that's so old school I feel and it's so like there's you can you know laugh and you could smile it's like you yeah. don't have to pretend that you're a robot because you're not yeah. like that's the whole point of why you started working for yourself is that you didn't want to be like a robot kind of absolutely absolutely yeah it's nice I feel yeah I'm feeling good about it now whether or not it's still sustainable in a year we'll find out but <laughs> for now it's really I definitely working. think it will be thank you so if you could <laughs> final question If you could tell yourself from three years ago a single piece of advice, what would it be? Oh my God, just start now. Like, I so wish that I had done, I've been wanting to do this for so long. I bet this is what a lot of people say because so many Mm -hmm. people want, you know, have wanted to do, start their own business for such a long time. But yeah, I just wish I'd started then. But then I think, okay, maybe it wouldn't have been the same. Maybe this was the right time. But yeah, yeah, just get off the fence over it and stop saying you want to do it and just do it. (laughs) (laughs) that's a great way to end this episode it's so true though like I sometimes I would beat myself up about it of like not starting sooner or not believing in myself sooner but I'm like well if I didn't go through xyz I wouldn't be where I am now yeah so everything happens for a reason and a global pandemic just happened to be the spark in a lot of people's minds um, about how I guess important your day-to-day life is and it's always it doesn't always have to be about the end goal and the salary and whatever like yes that's Im- it's so important like you can't you have to you know pay bills yeah but there's other ways to go about it absolutely yeah definitely so if you would like to plug yourself now your instagram your uh, website any other services any other programs that you offer go for it Thank you very much. Uh, so uh, my studio, which you called it, which is the first time I've ever really thought about it like that, but my studio really? is web- Yeah, I just kind of say like, I'm Kate and I make websites. <laughs> I don't really call it anything. Um, but yeah, so my studio is called Webhive Digital and that's at webhivedigital.com. On Instagram, I'm at Webhive Digital. You can pretty much find me with that handle all over social media. I'm trying to crack TikTok, but I don't know if I'd recommend looking at me there just yet. <laughs> Not quite where I'd want it to be. Um, And I am hosting a five-day free lead generation challenge that's coming on the 28th. So I will be properly announcing the full details for that on the 21st on my Instagram. And that is basically talking you through the process of how I went from zero to fully booked in three months 
it's free. I'm just sharing everything on what I do and what I did and how you can do it as well. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to check that out. (laughs) Thank you. I look forward to seeing you there. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on this podcast or this episode rather. I had such a great time chatting. Thank you. Me too. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow the Dare to Design Instagram account for more content. It's at daretodesign.podcast. The link will also be in the description of this episode. All right. Again, thank you so much for listening to today's episode and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.